Jesus warned of wolves in sheep's clothing. Is your church being deceived by a false prophet? A Middle East war update. And what will the world look like after World War III? The Bible tells us. Well, and there's also calls for the United Nations to leave America. Well, these and many other events are dominating the headlines and are very prophetic. And we'll analyze these stories on this edition of The End Time Show. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the End Time Show. Let me give you a Middle East war update very quick before we dive off into some of these other topics because this is very, very important. We could be watching, I say we could be watching the beginnings of the Six Trumpet War or World War III. So we're in day 19 of the war. The death toll is about 40, 1,400. There are 222 hostages, and there are 5,431 wounded. So terror rockets, terrorist rockets are flying all over Israel. Sirens are sounding in the northern, central, and southern regions of the nation. Fox News has said that the U.S.-led forces have begun live fire exercises in Iraq and, and Syria after 14 attacks on American bases have left 24 injured over the last week. 14 attacks, everybody. You think they're not trying to draw the United States into this? U.S. troops in the Middle East have been attacked 14 times, 11 times in Iraq, three times in Syria between October 17th and the 24th. And the U.S. has now strengthened our position in the Middle East. The USS Eisenhower Strike Group is in the Mediterranean, East Mediterranean, along with the USS Bataan, the USS Mesa Verde, and the USS uh, Carter Hall, along with the USS Mount Whitney. The USS Kearney is, is in uh, the Red Sea. The 26th Marine Expeditionary Unit is in the Gulf of Aden. The Gulf of Aden is down below, just uh, below Yemen there, kind of alongside and below Yemen. And so these are what's happening in the Middle East. Things are still happening uh, and it's not going away. And I'm going to get a little, I'm going to get a little bit more detailed into it in just a moment, but the I-24 has, uh, they have reported that Israel has agreed to halt their ground invasion. They were going to go into a ground invasion. They were primed and ready back on um, the, what would it have been, maybe the 12th or 13th right in there. However, Israel has now agreed to halt the ground invasion of Gaza so that the United States can, pre be, can prepare missile defense, um, defenses in the region. And Wall Street Journal's reported that the Pentagon is in a rush to deploy air defense missile systems to safeguard U.S. troops stationed across Iraq, Syria, Kuwait, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates because they know that once Israel goes in to that ground incursion, 
that things are going to escalate in the entire region, not just is between Israel and Hamas. And so we are taking in and setting up air defense systems to protect our troops there as well. This is according to a report, um, and the, the U.S. and Israeli officials have said an agreement between Israel and the U.S. has been signed now, or has been, I should say has been negotiated to hold off on ground invasions, and has been, that's been made for now. But Israel's not going to hold off permanently. They're going to go in. I have a associate of mine in Israel. He went to a military base yesterday. He talked to them, and they said they absolutely are going to go in. Whether the international community wants them to or not, they have to go in, boots on the ground, to weed out Hamas. And there are people saying, well, hey, if you, Hamas and their leaders are saying, well, if you come in, we're not going to be able to protect the the hostages, I mean, it's a horrific situation. I would not want to be in Israel's shoes at all. But they've got to go in because if they don't weed out Hamas, they're going to keep coming back in and attacking Israel. Imagine, they would realize, if they don't go in there and get them out now, put yourself in Hamas's shoes. You would, th you would be emboldened. You would think, I can pretty much do whatever I want because Israel isn't going to do anything about it. And so during the night between Tuesday and Wednesday, the Israeli Defense Forces used, because of this uh, uh, thing that's going on, it's like a regional situation, and Israel is dealing with um, terrorist activities on multiple fronts. During the night between Tuesday and Wednesday, the IDF also used unmanned aerial vehicles, these drones, uh, support in the Northwest Bank, city of Jenin, and they killed two terrorists because Hamas has influence up near Jenin as well. Now, I'm talking about just within a few miles south of the Sea of Galilee in the northern West Bank region. West, the West Bank reaches into the, um, if you look at a, an Israeli map in the, in the Israeli proper and then the West Bank region, up in the north, it, it goes right into the belly of Israel and just south of the Sea of Galilee is Jenin. And there's a huge terrorist faction around there. And Israel's been dealing with that as well, along with Lebanon and Syria up in the north. And this is what's called the Ring of Fire by Iran, surrounding Israel. And if they and Iran has said, hey, if you guys go in boots on the ground and we're going to send in troops from others, you'll have to deal with Lebanon and Syria and all these others and possibly a, an Iranian um, conflict that we, we might come in directly. And, I, and I, I don't see Iran doing that, but if they did, oh my goodness, the United States is going to come in there and Russia will come in and we could be looking at World War III. I hope that doesn't happen, but I know World War III is coming and this could very well be it. So we'll have to see how it all plays out. I do not know, I don't claim to know, that, the, that this is the beginnings of World War III. It could have begun years ago with the Ayatollahs saying that we want to annihilate Israel and the United States. And this could be the beginnings of that where it escalates to the point where there would be mass casualties around the world. Because... You can easily see with all the pacts that have been drawn up and agreed to how it could lead to this 
regional situation, a regional conflict, and really go global. Um, and the Bible says, loose the four angels bound in the great river Euphrates. I mean, I could talk about this every day, folks, until, I mean, because it's, it's, this is Bible prophecy. It's one of the next things to occur. And this is much worse than the ISIS situation. Uh, you're talking about bringing in nations from all over the world to fight in this thing. And it could be, it could be really bad pretty quick. So I don't want it to happen, but the Bible says it's going to happen at some point in the near future. So there is a, an update as we see it right now. I just talked to one of my associates in Israel. He was texting me. We actually FaceTimed at one point, and he was telling me that he went into a military base. He passed their clearance, and he was able to go in where they are reloading the Iron Dome missile defense systems. He talked to a lot of the soldiers. He's bringing them. He's I've got a friend who's raising money to bring in... Uh, vest, the bulletproof vest, military vest to buy them uh, because when all these reservists were called up, they're, they're, they're having to feed all of them and things like that. So this guy's raising money to take them food. And he actually showed me, Dave, I want you to see pictures of me taking them money and vest and, and uh, toiletries and all this kind of stuff because they were just called up. It, this just happened overnight. And so a lot of them they need underwear and socks and all this other kind of stuff. So my friend is raising money for that. And, and it, he's using the money for that. And so uh, he went to one of the military bases and they were talking to him and kind of telling him what's going to happen. And so I've got kind of an inside scoop on some of this stuff. And uh, we've got many friends that have children. The, my friends are my age and above. They have children and different people down in Gaza right now. Very real situation. These people feel it. And... Um, a lot of our end time class of the people that I teach in the college, it's to the point where they don't want to travel at night. And I haven't been able to teach the Jewish, the uh, Jerusalem Prophecy College on Thursdays because they don't want to travel at night. And it's at nighttime normally for them when I go, when I, we've got time to teach here in our studios. And so I haven't been able to teach them. I mean, it, it's really, a, we're walking through waters we've never had to navigate before. And um, it's quite the situation. So, Certainly remember Israel in your prayers, everything that's going on there. Remember the Israel Defense Forces and uh, all of the my associates and friends that have kids that are down there fighting in uh, Gaza right now as we speak. And I've got pictures and things. They told me not to share them on Facebook and things like that. But what's happening, very, very, very real, folks. And, and they just, um, some of the IDF just caught just recently like within the last day or two, caught some more Hamas terrorists trying to get into uh, Israel by uh, through the Mediterranean Sea. They had divers out there, and they killed some of them. And I mean, it's, it's a horrific situation. So certainly have to talk about it. We can't not talk about it. I mean, it's, it certainly could be the beginnings of a World War III scenario. Again, it could go away, but I, don't, I certainly don't see it going away from all that I can tell right now, but I, the ISIS situation went away and some different things have happened. So we'll just have to see how it all plays out. But um, the number one thing, be ready to meet the Lord. I mean, I, I, that's what I'm telling my, you know, everybody I can get my hands on. Having lived through some of it, we were over there for just over a week of this mess. And man, it ignited me for revival. It ignited me. Jesus Christ 
could stop all this tomorrow. If everybody would become Christians, it'd go away, wouldn't it? And so that's really the message I'm preaching. It's the same message Jesus preached, the same message the apostles preached. Be born again. Be, teach the message of the gospel of the kingdom of God um, because that's the message. That is the message. The message is not world government. The message is not a world religion. And the message is not a, a false world religion. And the message is not a global economic sanctioning system, the mark of the beast. No. The message is the gospel of the kingdom of God. Be born again and be ready to meet the Lord. And we need to tell, spread that to the entire world. That's the only answer to all of this. So God help us all to spread that message. Okay. Um, there, there are these world government enthusiasts and different things that they're trying to impose these. I just did an interview with a lady, um, Ann Vandersteel. I did it with her just before I came on the radio today, another interview. I've been doing interviews like crazy. And we're talking about central bank digital currencies and the Rothschilds and everything going on around the world. And what, what can we do and different things. And these world government enthusiasts, they're trying to impose these central bank digital currencies and digital IDs on populations around the world. And they, they're, they're even, um, they could even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products or um, easily freeze your bank accounts and different things. In essence, enable the government to take control of your money. How do you protect from that? It's a question I'm asking myself. I've got people coming out of the woodwork asking me these questions. So there are concerned Americans that are diversifying their assets. I had Gia Griffin on the other day who wrote Creature from Jekyll Isle exposing the Federal Reserve for what it really is, a cabal, a, a banking cartel, a cabal of private bankers. And he said, Dave, I'm only keeping enough uh, fiat currency to pay my bills. The rest of it I've got in hard assets, gold, silver, things like that, and different um, things that will appreciate in value. understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can't enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is. Time is not going anywhere. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me, and I was stunned by what I saw a direct fulfillment of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? 
the lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now streaming on End Time Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800 Endtime. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Let's get into this false prophet scenario that I want to talk about. Jesus warned us in Matthew chapter 7, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, right? You guys all know about that. Matthew 7, 15 through 20. Jesus said, beware of false prophets. Now, Jesus talks about this many times in the Gospels. Beware of these false prophets, everybody. People that look religious, seem religious, talk religious, but they're false prophets. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Now imagine that, trusting somebody, trusting a religious figure, but they have an ulterior motive for what they're teaching. What a horrific situation that would be. Jesus said, you shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. That's why you need to listen to what people say, but watch what they do. Very, very important. Jesus said, a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Watch, Jesus said, because of false prophets that come in sheep's clothing, but they're ravenous wolves. A wolf in sheep's clothing. Folks, listen to me. Jesus warned this over and over and over to them 2,000 years ago, to the apostles, to the disciples, and to us. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 3 through 5, it's the Olivet Discourse. The, the Bible says, And as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, and they said, Lord, tell us, what's going to be the sign? What are the, what, um, he said, when shall these things be? 
What's going to be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? Immediately he goes from speaking to them, but he's talking to us, the end time generation, the ones at the end of this age. And Jesus answered and said unto them, this would be verse, uh, Matthew 24, verse 4. Jesus said unto them, the first words out of his mouth when they ask him this question, when he's referring to our time, this is before he talks about wars and rumors of wars, the abomination of desolation, the rapture, the second coming. Immediately he says, take heed that no man deceives you. For many, this is the kicker, everybody. Many are going to come in my name. They're going to be religious leaders and they're going to say, we're Christians. But Jesus said, they'll, they'll come in my name saying, I am Christ, I'm a Christian, but they're going to deceive many. You say, wow, that's an eye-opening statement. You better believe it is. And Jesus warned over and over and over about religious people that would be deceiving people and have ulterior motives in the end time. You've got to know what you believe. And I'll be totally honest with you. Now, I don't see him doing this. But if my pastor, now, my, I tell you, my pastor, D.G. Hargrove in Garland, Texas, he is a prince of a man. He just preached a masterful message Sunday morning about standing on God's word, no matter what, no matter what, we're standing on God's word. We're going to preach this thing line upon line, precept upon precept, every word. I know what the guy believes, and I am happy to be a part of his church, okay? He's as solid as a rock. However, hypothetical situation, if my pastor come to the pulpit and said, we're going to do some things that are diametrically opposed to the word of God, I would say, you know what, me and my family, we're out of here. I've been going here 18 years. There's no way I'm going to sit under a pastor that would preach things and do things that were diametrically opposed to the Word of God. It's not going to happen because I want to go to heaven. I want my family to go to heaven. I want everybody in my sphere of influence to go to heaven. Now, again, I want to tell you, the guy is a prince of a man, and I know what he teaches, and he's spot on. He's awesome. And he teaches the truth line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. The guy is straight as an arrow. So that's why I feel comfortable saying this. <laughs> so, because <clears throat> he's been on our program before and he, he teaches the truth, absolutely. However, if I, if wherever you're at, whatever you believe, if you see somebody in the future, Jesus is warning, there would be people in that come in his name saying, I am Christ, I am, uh, I'm a Christian. Jesus said, but they've got a deceptive message. You've got to know the truth, everybody. Know the Word of God. Study the Word of God. Get in good Bible studies. Make sure you know the truth. Because there will be deceptive people that are saying, we're Christian, but deceiving people in the end time. Jesus himself warned about that. There would be people, wolves in sheep's clothing. In other words, when you think of the sheep in the Bible, who do you think of? The church. Christians, sheep, and, but people coming in sheep's clothing, but they're really wolves, you got to know what you believe. Getting good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching churches, folks. It's of utmost importance. Acts chapter 20, verse 25 through 31, the New King James Version. The Bible says, and indeed, now I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. In other words, he preached the truth to all of them. He said, 
For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. I preach to you the truth without fear or favor. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, the shepherd of the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, this is verse 29, Acts 20, verse 29. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, not sparing the church. Also from among yourselves, among the church, he's saying, will rise up, men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years did I not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. And so, very, very important that we understand that Jesus Christ warned of false prophets and the apostles, they were warning against false prophets and people came coming in, the apostle Paul, many different people warned that people would come in in the end times false prophets. So when we get back from the break here, I'm going to go into the New American and the weaponization of religion. What? And globalist wolves in sheep's clothing. Boy, you got to hear this from Alex Newman, who is the senior editor of the New American. I'll go through it on the other side of the break. Don't touch that dial. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500 year old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now streaming on End Time Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800-END-TIME. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can't enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is. Time is not going anywhere. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, 
And now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. Welcome back, everybody. <clears throat> I know some of you are probably asking, what's the background behind Dave all about? Well, I talked to my tech guys, and they were asking about, I said, man, I want a wolf in sheep's clothing behind me today. And they couldn't really find one that would work with the big screen. So they found one. They saw my title, and they found one with the clouds coming in over the church. And it's actually pretty ingenious, but I thought I might explain it to you because I was questioning myself. And so um, I'm thankful for all their help. But you know these creative guys. You never know where they're going to go. So sometimes we've got to help them out, right? So anyway, thank you guys. I appreciate your efforts and um, everything that you do. Okay. So the message of a wolf in sheep's clothing. The reason I wanted to go into this day and today and... Jesus warned about this many times. If you go down through Matthew 24, the Olivet Discourse, he warns many times about false prophets and people that would come deceiving the church and the false prophet who is the partner of the Antichrist in the end time. The Bible says he is going to deceive, me, deceive people with the miracles that he was able to perform. Even the, at one point, the Bible says in Revelation 13, that he will call fire down from heaven. People are going to be mesmerized by this false prophet figure. But he's going to be, he's going to look like a Christian. He's going to look like a religious individual. And people that don't know their Bibles, they're just going to follow right after this guy because he can do miracles. And they're going to think he's religious. But not everybody that can do miracles or that can, that have um, miracles performed by them are True Christians. Oh, did I say that? Think about that. Not all miracles come from God, folks. You better know the Bible and you better be able to discern. You say, well, what do you mean not all miracles come from God? Okay. Do you remember back when Moses was petitioning to have the children of Israel uh, let go from Egyptian bondage from the Pharaoh? And God said, cast your staff down. He cast it down. It turned into a snake. You remember the story. The magicians cast their staffs down too, and theirs turned into a snake. Moses' miracle was from God. 
the magician's miracles were satanic miracles. Satan has power. And so the false prophet in the end time, that will be a satanic miracle. That's not a miracle from God. He's using those miracles to deceive people. And so you better make sure that you know the word of God, that you can discern <clears throat> a true miracle from a satanically inspired miracle. Say, Dave, I didn't know that was the case. It's scriptural. Read the account of the, when Moses was trying to get the, um, was petitioning on behalf of God to Pharaoh, let my people go. And it was a satanic miracle. And so there's, there's others. Look at Job and the things that happened to his kids and things like that. Those were satanic miracles. Those are not godly miracles. And so when we, these things will happen in the future. The Bible tells us when the Bible talks in Revelation 19 about the Antichrist and the false prophet being cast into the lake of fire, the Bible says, who use the miracles to deceive those. That's going to be his goal. He's going to deceive the world. So anyway, the new American, the, uh, the new American is the old John Birch Society. Now they have the new American magazine and many of these guys, uh, they're pushing on because the, the John Birch Society was demonized years ago uh, from the left. And so now it's the new American. They got the new American magazine. And they, the title of the article is The Weaponization of Religion, Globalist Wolves in Sheep's Clothing. But they're tying religion into this. So Alex Newman, I was just on his pro. I wanted to be on his program for years. I wanted him. I want him to be on mine. But Alex Newman, who is the senior editor for The New American, many of you may know him. He is on a speaking tour out on the West Coast. He's exposing the diabolical worldwide campaign to subvert religion and especially Christianity who is being used to harness it in service of promoting the United Nations and the world government. This is happening on many factions. Consider Pope Francis using two encyclicals to push the climate change agenda and to push global governing situations to manage all of that. That's what's happening. There are Catholics who are questioning these encyclicals because number one, climate change is not caused by human-induced global warming, and it's a very uh, um, uh, the most minute fraction maybe. But they're questioning why he would use encyclicals to push these global governing uh, secular positions. And the, in the, the thing that this article that I read, the video that I read, uh, one of the senior editors of the New American, he said, I'm Catholic and I'm questioning what Pope Francis isn't even doing involved in this. But the thing is, there are people that are being used, religions that are being used, heads of religions that are being used to push the United Nations and world governing bodies. There's a big section in his latest encyclical, Laudato Diem, on international organizations and why they need to be reworked a little bit to make this thing happen so we can manage all this stuff. Now, Alex Newman, he's been covering UN summits, 
the annual World Government Summit, the, the World Economic Forum. He's keeping his finger on the pulse of all this and other globalist events for many years. The globalists running these organizations, he says, need fake Christian leaders to push their woke agendas for abortion, gender ideology, population control, climate change, carbon budgets, digital health passports, vax mandates, mask mandates, open borders, LGBTQ, CRT, C central bank digital currencies, ESG, DEI, and there's a, there's a, um, the list goes on and on. Because the globalists realize that they've got to have the religions on board for this to work. Now, how are they, you say, well, give me an example of them uh, weaponizing churches to push their agenda or to force people into compliance. Well, uh, I read the article here. I saw actually saw a video of Al Alex Newman, and he was talking about a, so many of you would know Pastor Art Hodges. I had him on the radio program the other day, and he was he won the $1.6 million lawsuit at the um, Supreme Court because the churches in California were not being treated like strip clubs and bars and all kinds of different things that were allowed to remain almost fully open when they were shutting churches down in California. Well, he sued um, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. It went all the way to the Supreme Court, and he won, which is a precedence for all the churches in America now. However, you know about him. Many of you know about Tony Spell down here in Louisiana. He wouldn't shut his church, spent some time in jail, but he won his case, and now they can keep their churches open. Thank God these guys did this. A lot of churches just closed. And now we have some precedents that we can use under future pandemics. However, Alex Newman tells the story of a church in Florida that would not close their doors. And there, the people, there were some uh, people in the community, the, the politicians and different things, that got different churches around to come on board with their agenda and said, well, and they were doing interviews, and they, they, the churches were saying, well, those people, they should uh, comply with the edicts of the, the, um, the uh, what do you call it, the, the vaccine mandates and the, the, uh, all of the things we're hearing from the CDC about closing churches and all of this stuff. They got other churches on board to say, yes, they should be closing their church and things like that to this one church that didn't want to close. They use the churches to weaponize as wolves in sheep's clothing against somebody who was trying to stand up and not close their church. He tells the story about this church in Florida. I have never heard that story. But you can see how these people, these politicians would use, they would weaponize churches for their own because churches are very influential. A pastor is... Uh, marrying people's kids. He's burying their moms and dads and people when they pass away. They're dedicating their babies. They're, they're very influential among their churches. So if they can get a pastor on board with these um, woke mindset, then they know that he can influence his flock, right? So that's why I'm saying Jesus warned about wolves in sheep's clothing. He, Jesus warned about it many, many times. False prophets that would say, I'm a Christian, 
but yet have a false message and have ulterior motives. Folks, know what you believe. Get in good Bible studies. Listen to good radio programs that will absolutely teach you the, the truth without fear or favor and that, are, that do not have an ulterior motive. I've got an ulterior motive. My ulterior motive is to get everybody listening to us to heaven. That's our motive here. If you really want to know what End Time Ministries is doing, that's our goal. I'm going to teach the truth. Doug and Vince are going to teach the truth. End Time Ministries is going to teach the truth. And we're trying to get everybody to heaven. That's it. Now, that was Jesus' motive. That was the apostles' motive. And that's going to be our motive. But when you move off of that motive, you're going to have problems. We're not doing this to get rich. I'm not doing this so I can drive a Lamborghini or all that. I'm, that's not the goal of all of this. The goal is for me to win people to God, to build God's kingdom, for me to be ready to go, to, for me to get all my friends, family, and sphere of influence to go, ready to go, and we go spend eternity with Jesus Christ. That's the goal of all of this. Anybody whose goal moves off of that, you're going to have problems with Jesus Christ. He's the, you're the one he was warning about. Okay. Man, I don't know why I'm so adamant on this today, you guys. Over 20 years ago, it was on a politics and religion radio program. My father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, interviewed a guy named Robert Mueller. He was the former, uh, former assistant secretary general at the United Nations. He said this, and I'm quoting. He said, Irvin we have brought the world together as far as we can politically. He was, he was all about a world government, folks. Robert Mueller, do, the, do your research. He said, we brought the world together as far as we can politically. He said, but to bring about a true world government, the world must be brought together spiritually. What we need is a United Nations of religions. Because these guys know, these globalists know, they've got to get the religions of the world on board. Because, <coughs> excuse me, there's all kinds of influence among the religions, and if they don't garner the allegiance of that, then they'll never have a world governing body. Well, of course, Irvin Baxter, Irvin Baxter, he had a clear understanding of the prophesied establishment and alliance of the end time world government and world religious systems. He he wrote he wrote books, produced DVDs, television programs, radio programs for a couple decades or more on it. And so he, he talked about it, and that's the reason for the particular line of questioning during their dialogue. Well, we're coming up on a break. I'll get more into this when we get back. But folks, make sure you're being taught the truth. Because the, the Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you don't know the truth, then you're in bondage. And Jesus Christ came to set you free from all of that. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is.
end time is not going anywhere. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. All right, welcome back, everybody. And one thing I forgot to do, this will be my last day on the radio this week. Doug and Vince will be on tomorrow and Friday because I'm traveling to Mattoon, Illinois for a prophecy conference this weekend. I will be at the Apostolic Center 205 Country Club Road in Mattoon on Saturday, October 28th at 6 p.m. I'll be doing the new Understanding the End Times uh, lesson. Sunday morning at 9.45, we'll be going through uh, Breaking Prophecy news and then um and possibly a q a i don't know we'll see and then uh because I got, there's so much going on in the world right now obviously with this war a lot of different things and then sunday evening uh i the church has asked me sunday evening at from five to seven i'll be preaching and we'll probably mix a little bit of prophecy in that and we'll go, be going into uh, a lesson that um god is working on me uh, to give. And so I'll be giving that on Sunday evening. So looking forward to seeing you guys up in Mattoon, Illinois this weekend. My wife and I will be there and looking forward to meeting many of you. I have got emails from people all over creation that are coming to that conference from Michigan and from hours away. They say, hey, we're coming to Mattoon. You're go this is the only time you're going to be in Central America uh, this year. And I've got this one, and I've got one more conference in Thibodeau, Louisiana. So if, if you're anywhere near Mattoon, Illinois, come and be with us this weekend at the conference. Looking forward to meeting many of you there. It's going to be a great conference. Now, the reason for this particular line of questioning by Irvin Baxter to um, uh, Robert Mueller, the Assistant Secretary, uh, Secretary General of the United Nations years ago, this was 20-plus years ago, was because Irvin Baxter understood about the relationship between a world government and a world religion in the end time. Revelation 17, 3, the woman, the false religion sitting on the back of a seven-headed, ten-horned beast, which is a world government. Well, so Irvin Baxter was asking Mr. Mueller about the formation of the United Nations as the world governing body, and it led to Robert Mueller, who was like the spiritual guru of the United Nations, supposedly, that he said, hey, we brought this world government as far as we can politically. We've got to have the, rel the religions of the world on board to push this thing. Well, now you can see what's going on. The religions of the world, not all of them, 
there are still true religions in the world. However, there are some that are being weaponized by these globalists to say, hey, we've got to get your people on board with this globalist agenda. You understand, human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change, is an absolute hoax. It's propaganda by the United Nations to redistribute the wealth of the world. It's socialistic. So anybody pushing that is pushing that propaganda. You understand what I'm saying here? This is very true and it's easily proven. I don't want people to fall prey to these false teachings. Now, Jesus warned about it, so we've got to talk about it, right? People that look religious but have a false message. Now, the prophecy of the world government and its leader, where's that at? Because I've been talking about it, right? Well, the Antichrist, number one, is found in Revelation uh, 13, 1 through 8. There's many other prophecies. There are over 50 prophecies just concerning the Antichrist in the Bible. Over 50. We'll know who he is when he gets here. But Revelation 13, 1 through 8 is focused on the world government and its leader, the Antichrist. Then when you get to Revelation 13, verses 11 through 15 of chapter 13 in Revelation, it foretells the world religion and its leader, the false prophet. And verse 12 says, it tells us the sole reason for the establishment of the world religion, it's going to be to cause not only the religious faction, but the entire world to, to worship or to um, pledge allegiance to the Antichrist and his global governing structure. So it's, it's exactly what Robert Mueller was talking about with my father-in-law well over 20 years ago. This, that was back in the late 90s. So in December of 2021, the Christian Post published an article titled, The UN Urge to Promote Religious Engagement and Literacy, Especially in the West. There, the United Nations is working with these big interfaith uh, movements to get them to push their edicts. They're, they were working with the Parliament of World's Religions, held this year. They've been working with the United Religions Initiative. They've been working for Religions for Peace. These giant interfaith movements to get the religions on board and to get them to push the edicts, uh, the um, propaganda of human-induced global warming and uh, abortion and all, you know uh, population control and all these different things. And if the religious leaders say it, then they expect all of their followers to follow right along with it, right? That's why they're trying to get the religious leaders on board with it. But Jesus said, take heed that no man deceives you. Many will come in my name and deceive many. So yes, there will be people that say I'm a Christian and they're not even teaching the truth. That's why you better know the Word of God, everybody. You better know. You better know the Word of God. Get in good Bible studies. Know what you believe. And there are people that are being, like um, Alex Newman said, there are churches, church organizations that are being weaponized by the globalists to push these agendas. So, this article that was put out, it states, the United Nations was urged, and I'm quoting here, the United Nations was urged to see its status as the seat of the global seat of global politics. They know what they're doing. It's the seat of world government in the earth today. 
but they're urged to use its status to promote the importance of religious engagement and literacy. They know they need the religions of the world on board. It goes on to say, and I'm quoting, the meeting held at the UN Church Center in Midtown Manhattan was organized by this entity that you should watch, Religions for Peace, and the UN Alliance of Civilizations under the theme, Faith and Diplomacy, Strategic Reflections on Religiously Inspired Efforts Towards Building Peaceful, Just, and Inclusive Societies. They're trying to merge politics and religion. It's Bible Prophecy 101. Politics and religion, the alliance, the merger, the marriage. Well, it goes on to say, and I'm quoting, Religions for Peace, led by Professor Aza Karam, is the world's largest and most representative multi-religious, interfaith in other words, coalition advancing common action among religious communities for peace. Get this, I'm still quoting, Religions for Peace is the United Nations of Religious Institutions. 20 years ago, 20 years plus prior to this, Robert Mueller told my father-in-law, what we really need is a United Nations of Religions. Now this article says Religions for Peace is the United Nations of Religious Institutions. It says there is not a single faith community that is unrepresented on the Council of Religions for Peace. Karam said this in welcoming the audience. Now, as I see uh, these and other massive interfaith and ecumenical movements forming, I'm reminded one more time of that interview. I've tried to get our people to find that interview. We simply cannot find it. Oh, I would love to play it for you. But it's, it's just in, I mean, they wrote the title to it on hieroglyphics back when it was created. But it, my mind goes back to the interview with Irvin Baxter and Robert Mueller when Robert Mueller just laid it out for him. And he said, this is what we're trying to do. Folks, we are watching the establishment of the prophesied world religion right now. It proves conclusively we're living in the end time. There's only one, and this is only one of the many prophecies that have already, they, they've either already come to pass or they are occurring. We're watching the ongoing fulfillment or that will be fulfilled in the very near future. Folks, are you still, do, do, am I still tr have to convince you that the second coming of the Lord is just around the corner? And, and are you prepared for that day? I'm not talking about storing up food now. I'm not talking about what do you do with your money. I'm not talking about physically and mentally. We've got to get there. And hopefully End Time Ministries is helping you do that with a sense of calm and peace in these times just ahead. But spiritually for eternity. Let, let me talk to you about this that just a second. So you say spiritually. What are you talking about? I'm More than being born again. Born again, number one, you got to do that. Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man is born again. This is John 3, down one through, go one through, down one, John 3, 1 through 7. Except a man is born again, can't enter or see the kingdom of God. You got to get that done, settled, boom. Then you've got to live as a Christian, you've got to begin to be discipled, learn to live as a Christian from then until the second coming of Jesus Christ. But as we navigate some of these waters just ahead, how do you have a sound mind through all of that? 
The Bible says God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. How are we going to navigate these waters just ahead under the reign of a world government, under the reign of a world religion, under a mark of the beast type situation, if that is fully engaged here in the United States? How are we going to do that? The Bible says, they that are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Say, what in the world does that mean, being led by the Spirit of God? It's very simple. I'm walking this walk right now, folks. And I didn't walk, I, I, I walked in it prior to my father-in-law's passing. But once my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, passed away, my walk with God had to change. I recognized I, 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 I'm not close enough to the Lord. I have, something's changed in me, and now I've, I've got to pray every day. I have to hear from the Lord. I, and I will not make a major decision in my life unless I hear from God. I won't. Will not do it. God's leading and guiding me. When we were in Israel, stuck over there during that time of war that's going on right now, I was asking God. Me, me and my wife were praying. I was out on the rooftop of our hotel asking God, you got to tell me what to do. And I believe God moved on our behalf. So as, and we're going to talk more about this in some future programs. I know I'm coming up to the end here, but we're going to talk about being led by the Spirit of God because the Bible says they that are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. We've got to begin to think in those terms because the Bible says that God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. How can you walk two times of chaos and in the storm and all these different times and yet everybody is going crazy and you're calm as a cucumber? How does that work? Well, it comes from feeling the presence of God on you and He's leading and guiding and directing your life. So, we'll be doing some more programming up on all that. I look forward to seeing many of you up in Mattoon, Illinois this weekend. It's going to be a great conference. God's going to be there with us and love y'all and be safe.